Uh, thank you, Brother Randy and ladies for helping with the music, and I appreciate your faithfulness, and uh, it is a blessing to be able to sing with you, and I'm thankful for here. There we go. All right. So how many of you looked at the outline, the handout, the insert, and went, there's no way in the world this guy is going to finish it tonight? How many of you thought that? Okay. Okay. You might be right, but uh, I'm actually going to try, um, and I think, I, I, I think we might uh, do it. And I know that's high, high hopes here, but uh, let's go ahead and start in uh, Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter number three, we're uh, looking at doctrine, the major Bible doctrines in the Word of God, and tonight we... Uh, We've looked at the importance of studying doctrine. We then looked at the importance of bibliology, the, what the, the importance of the Bible, the Word of God, and that really is our foundation, of course, for all the doctrine. Uh, we don't just make it up because of tradition or um, what other people say. We, we, we look at what the Bible says, and we get our doctrine from the Scriptures. And then we uh, looked at theology on the doctrine of God, His attributes, His names, uh, and then last time we studied his sovereignty. Well, now we're moving into uh, Christology, looking at the doctrine of Christ. And uh, I was, as I was looking at what to bring regarding Christ, uh, a lot of it we've covered in uh, the book of Colossians on Sunday night as we're making our way through the book of Colossians. Uh, that Paul really gave us a, a good understanding of Christology and, and good, good instruction regarding that. But uh, tonight we're going to look at prophecies concerning Christ and in the Old Testament and how they were fulfilled in the New Testament. And, uh, you, you know, you may have guessed a few of them, uh, but uh, I, I would dare say that probably a lot of these you haven't thought of or uh, maybe it's been a while and you didn't realize or didn't even realize that some of these were prophecies and prophesied in the Old Testament fulfilled in the New uh, in Christ. All right, well, uh, Genesis chapter number three, we're going to look at the very first promise of Christ uh, coming to this earth, and this is right after uh, Adam and Eve sinned there in the garden, and, um, and, and God begins to uh, uh, pass out the curses, and uh, verse number uh, 13, he says, the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? The woman said, well, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Verse 14, the Lord God said unto the serpent, Well, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And then here's verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed. And here's the prophecy concerning Christ here and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And uh, that's a reference to Calvary. So here is the first real promise and prophecy in the scriptures regarding the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we, we see the Lord Jesus even in, um, even in the first few verses of the, uh, of the book of Genesis. But, um, but as far as prophecies concerning Christ, the first one really is found here in verse number 15 when it referenced her seed. Now, uh, when... Uh, when, when children are, are conceived, it's because of the seed of the man. 
And here it doesn't reference the seed of the man. It references the seed of the woman uh, because it was a reference to the fact that there would be the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And so here is the first real prophecy. And, and as we go through this, I, I want to just share this thought with you. One uh, mathematician, and he uh, figured out mathematically what the odds were for Jesus, for one person, to fulfill just eight of the prophecies here. And you can see on your outline, there's more than just eight. Uh, there are several more than that. Uh, but the chances of one person fulfilling all of those eight, just eight of those, these prophecies, would be equal to covering the entire state of Texas. I think it was two feet deep uh, of silver dollars, marking one of the silver dollars and sending a man blindfolded and said, now go find the marked silver dollar. Uh, nearly impossible. I mean, it's just practically impossible. Well, Jesus Christ is no accident. He was a fulfillment of uh, many uh, of these prophets, or all of these prophecies concerning the Son of God. So let's, uh, let's dive in and, and uh, make our way through these uh, thoughts here real quickly. First of all, uh, his birth was foretold. His birth was foretold. And uh, really, again, the first one uh, was referenced here in, in Genesis 3.15. But um, here's some aspects of his birth that uh, were mentioned in the Old Testament and were fulfilled in the New. Okay, uh, First of all, the lineage, letter A, the lineage of Christ was prophesied. That he would be of the lineage of David. All right, and 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, very quickly, I, I do want to look at these scriptures, and I've given them to you, so you don't really need to write them down, which is uh, hopefully helpful. But 2 Samuel chapter number uh, 7, <clears throat> see how fast I am with the sword drill, uh, not very. All right, 2 Samuel chapter 7, in verse number, actually, we'll start in verse number 12, it says, and when thy days be fulfilled... And uh, this is God speaking then to, um, to David, and, uh, or God's word to David. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So he, he references the, the kingdom of David would uh, would live for forever and uh, and we know that 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 kingdom is 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 not over even though David is dead and and uh, David's kingdom still would would, uh, would 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 last forever okay now let's go to uh, Psalm 132 verse 11 Psalm 132 verse 11. All right, and it says here, uh, the Lord hath sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it, of the fruit of thy body will I set up, will I set upon thy throne. So, in other words, the, the line of David would be blessed, and that God is going to uh, keep that line, uh, and he's going to uh, establish the kingdom. And uh, he's going to keep that throne through the, uh, the fruit of thy body, all right? That's basically a reference to his lineage, 
All right, let's move to uh, Isaiah 9.6. <clears throat> Most of us are familiar with Isaiah 9.6, especially around December time. Um, but certainly, it's not just a December verse, it's a all-the-time verse. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But verse 7 says this, of the increase of his government and the peace and peace, uh, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever. The, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So here's a reference to the fact that this child that would be born would one day sit upon the throne of David. Right. And he would uh, and he would establish it with judgment, justice from henceforth, even forever. Okay, and then we go to uh, Isaiah chapter 16, verse number, fifth, verse number 5. And in mercy shall the throne be established. He shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. So here just all these different promises that Jesus would, uh, the Son of God would be from the lineage of David. All right, and then we go to Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number uh, 5. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, capital B, and a king, capital K, shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. And this is a reference to the, to the millennial reign of Christ, where he literally sits on the throne of David and rules and reigns and executes judgment and justice and righteousness. Uh, for those thousand years, he's going to be the perfect, um, the perfect ruler and uh, far cry from uh, what we have now, right? Uh, where we're hearing all the gaffes and all the things that uh, come out of our president's mouth. Well, there's not going to be a gaffe. There's not going to be anything, uh, any decision that he's going to make that people are going to go, uh, that was the wrong decision. Well, they may say that, but we know it's going to be the right decision. Um, anyway, here's the, the, the thought is that he comes from the lineage of David. Okay, where's the fulfillment of that? Well, go to Matthew chapter number one. Matthew chapter number one. And uh, most of us know that Matthew chapter 1 has the uh, genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you look in verse number 6, it says, And Jesse begat David the king. David the king begat Solomon of her that had been a, the wife of Urias. And on it goes um, to where we get to Jesus Christ in verse number 16. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And then verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon into Christ are 14 generations. So uh, Jesus was from the lineage of David, okay? And uh, a lot of verses there that uh, explain that. And it was fulfilled, uh, of course. Okay, what else uh, about his birth was foretold? Well, the time in which he would be born was fulfilled. Daniel chapter number 9 is the reference there. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 25 
says, Knowing therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks, threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And, and uh, those who have done the math there in, in the calendars and uh, really when Jesus was born was a fulfillment of that. And uh, I like the way Paul puts it in Galatians chapter number four. In verse number four, he says, uh, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And the reason he was born was to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Praise the Lord for the purpose of his birth as well. Okay, uh, what, else, what else about his birth was foretold? Well, we come to the one that most of us are familiar with, and that is the place of his birth. The place of his birth. And this is found in Malachi chapter number uh, 5 and verse number 2. Not, not Malachi, Micah, sorry. You were like, hey, heresy, heresy. Good job. I was just testing you all. Micah chapter number 5, verse number 2. Uh, says, but thou Bethlehem Epaphrath, uh, Bethlehem, though, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come he forth unto me that is to be ruler in, Jer in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. So here's the, the, the big prophecy here regarding where where the Messiah would be born, Bethlehem, this obscure little town, which, by the way, was called the House of Bread. And uh, isn't it interesting that Jesus said, I am the bread of life? Uh, pretty fitting for the bread of life to, be, to come from Bethlehem. Well, it was promised that he would be born there in Micah chapter number 5, Micah chapter number 5, and verse number 2. Well, what happened? Did he, was he born in Bethlehem? Well, if you go to Luke chapter number 2... Um, and this was just circumstantial, right, in, in Luke chapter number 2. It came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Just purely circumstantial. No, God was overseeing this so that this prophecy could be fulfilled. Um, this was no accident. This God was overseeing here, and, and his sovereignty was absolutely at play as this taxing was, was happening because... Uh, Joseph and Mary were dwelling in Nazareth at the time, but they needed to go to Bethlehem in order for the son of for the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem. So the Lord used this taxi. And so the mundane things in life that we kind of think, oh, this is just no big deal. It's just circumstances. It's just whatever. Uh, no, God has a purpose and a plan for even the mundane things like paying taxes. Um, I wish there wasn't a purpose for paying taxes at all. No, we didn't have to do it. Uh, but we do, and there's a purpose for all the things uh, like this. Well, then in verse number four, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David uh, to be taxed. And, and, and there, in verse number seven, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And that all happened in Bethlehem. In the city of David, verse 11, a Savior which is born, Christ the Lord, uh, in the city of David, Bethlehem. All, prophes all fulfilling prophecy that took place hundreds of years before. 
Okay, what else about the birth was foretold? Well, the miracle virgin birth um, aspect of his birth was, uh, was foretold in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to finish. But you all knew that. Man, I really thought I'd get through this faster, but it's just I get to it. You know, I get excited. Okay. Isaiah 7, 14 says, uh, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, so... Uh, a virgin was going to conceive, and this was a miracle. I mean, okay, biology 101. You need a man and a woman, okay? Right. By the way, not a man and a man, right. uh, not a woman and a woman. You need a man and a woman, yeah. okay? Uh, well, God was going to perform a miracle here in order to uh, allow Jesus to have um, pure, sinless blood, he had to do it this way. And remember, we talked about at the very beginning of this message, Genesis 3.15, her seed, and this is a fulfillment of that. So here's a prophecy, Isaiah prophesies about it. And then, okay, how, is it fulfilled? I mean, we all know, yes, it is, but where's the reference there? Well, Matthew chapter 1, verse number 22. Matthew 1, 22, here's, the, here's what happens. Verse 22, it says, now all this, okay, this is all uh, verses 18 through 21. Uh, the, the, uh, the angel appears to Joseph and says, hey, don't, don't, don't put, put away your wife. Go ahead and, go ahead and marry her. Uh, what, what's going on with her is, is of the Holy Ghost. And uh, he says this, um, she shall bring forth a son, in verse 21, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so I, here, here's the fulfillment there. And then Joseph believed and had faith and did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. And so, um, you know, it is interesting um, that he took his wife, uh, he took Mary to be his wife and then verse 25 said, and he knew her not. Um, they did not come physically together even though they were married, until after Jesus was born. Um, interesting thought there. Well, the miracle birth was prophesied and fulfilled. Okay, what about uh, next, the forerunner? The forerunner. Malachi. This is Malachi. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Malachi is the, the last book of the Old Testament. And he says here in chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, I will send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, so we know that who was, what was the name of the forerunner? Anybody know? 
John the Baptist, not John the Methodist, not John the Lutheran, not John the uh, Presbyterian, the Episcopalian, John the Baptist, amen, okay, uh, we always have to get that in here, um, I don't know that he was, a, he was a strange Baptist, but you know what, us Baptists are strange, aren't we, um, strange diet, uh, strange uh, appearance, but uh, God used him in a great way. Okay, what was the fulfillment of that? Matthew chapter 3. Uh, if you just go over a few pages here to Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. So there's another prophecy, right? And Isaiah 40 and verse number 3 is another reference here. But the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. But also Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 1. So John the Baptist, as he uh, comes on the scene, is also a fulfillment of prophecy. Okay, uh, next, uh, letter whatever's next, uh, letter F, the flight to Egypt. Okay, so most of us remember when Jesus was born, he was born in Bethlehem. And then King Herod was very insecure and, uh, and wanted to uh, kill all the children uh, two years old and, young and under. I mean, just the, uh, the wickedness of his mind to want to do that is uh, it's hard to really wrap your head around, but he did have that mentality. Well, God, through the angel, told Joseph to take his family and leave. Well, this was prophesied hundreds of years before he did that. If you go to Hosea, Hosea and it's a little harder to find, um, but I have, I have it marked here because I knew it would take me a minute to find it. Hosea 11, verse 1, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. All right, so here's a reference, I think, kind of a reference back to what God did with the nation of Israel and bringing them out of Egypt. Um, and then here he is now calling, he, he, he's also pointing to the future as well with Jesus having to go to Egypt and then uh, eventually coming out of Egypt to go to Nazareth. All right, and so uh, let's go to Matthew chapter number uh, 2 and verse 15. And the and, and Matthew here, he says this, and there, well, in verse number 14, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying. So you're thinking, well, that must have been, uh, Hosea's prophecy wasn't really a prophecy. It was just referencing the past. No, Matthew here said it was also referencing, if more than referencing the past, it was referencing what was going to happen in the future here, because he said um, this, this, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son, and that's going back to Hosea chapter 11, verse number one, okay? And, and when, you read, uh, when you read Matthew chapter number one and two, you'll see many times, uh, and, and even three, um, it was fulfilled. 
this was fulfilled. This was fulfilled. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat to see how God fulfilled so many prophecies in his birth and his coming to this earth. Okay, and then we have uh, the massacre of infants, and I referenced that a moment ago. Uh, where was that in, in the Old Testament? Well, that's found in Jeremiah, uh, chapter number 31, in verse number 15, where it says this, Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rahel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Okay, well, what's that referencing? Well, here, if you go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, verse number 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. So here we see again the words, then was fulfilled, this was fulfilled, this was fulfilled. All right, what else? Uh, one more here, and then we'll move on to the next major thought. Um, but that is dwelling in Nazareth. The fact that Jesus dwelt there in Nazareth and really grew up there in Nazareth was a uh, fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1. It says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And I don't know that I have the exact right reference there. Um, but if you go to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23, it says, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. All right, and, uh, and I'm not sure exactly where that <laughs> reference is. And uh, if you know where it is, you can let me know afterwards. Uh, but that was a fulfillment. And, and again, here Matthew says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He should be called a Nazarene. And, and I think maybe it is a reference. The, the one I gave you, Isaiah 1, or 11, 1, is uh, a reference there. Okay, so his birth was foretold, and, and even just all of that is pretty amazing. Uh, let's see, I think we probably have time to go through his, his next, the next one. His life was foretold. What about his life was foretold? Well, uh, first his preaching uh, was mentioned, uh, that he would be a preacher. Isaiah 61, and uh, if you want to just turn over there, because this is the, the next two thoughts here. Isaiah 61. Taking me a minute to get there. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Okay, so that was the that was the prophecy. Where where's the fulfillment? All right. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18. Luke 4, 18. 
Um, verse number 16, it says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So he did come to preach. Uh, it was prophesied that he was going to do that, and it was fulfilled, of course, in Christ. And we know that the Lord preached um, in a great way. Okay, going back to Isaiah 61. He also, uh, his, not only his preaching was foretold, but his healing ministry was uh, mentioned as well. In, in, in verse number one, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me then to also bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening the prisons to them that are, that are bound. Um, he also came to heal. And we have, for those who've been here on Sunday mornings, you've, and we've gone through the Gospel of Mark. You've seen so many different times where the Lord Jesus has healed physically those who uh, dealt with uh, physical ailments. Okay, what else about his life was foretold? Well, his wonderful words uh, were foretold. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse number uh, 4, it says, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. So here it is a reference to the fact that Jesus would speak amazing words, and it's pretty common to read through the Gospels and, and to read about the reaction of people who heard him speak and said, man, never man spake like this. Uh, they were amazed at his words. They were troubled at his words. And uh, the things that he was saying were powerful. And uh, that was referenced way back in Isaiah chapter 50 in verse number 4. Okay, Isaiah 53 talks about the fact that he was going to be rejected by the Jewish nation. He, his rejection by the Jewish nation was also prophesied in Isaiah 53. And it says in verse number two, it says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and he is rejected of men. Man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Well, was he rejected by the Jewish people? Well, we're getting close to seeing when the Jewish people will call for his crucifixion and yell with passion, crucify him, crucify him. But here's how John puts it in John chapter 1 and verse number uh, 10. He says, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. And then verse 11 says, he came unto his own. His own received him not. So the word of God promised that he was going to be despised and rejected of men. And, and here's the one who came to meet their greatest need, the one who 
they'd been waited for for so long, and, and now that he was finally here, they chose to reject him, and they despised him. They esteemed him smitten of men. So his rejection by the Jewish nation was promised, and we see it fulfilled as Jesus comes to this earth. Okay, what else? His entrance into Jerusalem. And we just studied this um, in the Gospel of Mark, but let's uh, just go back to Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So uh, here the entrance into Jerusalem is promised, and then uh, we know that that was fulfilled as Jesus on Palm Sunday enters into Jerusalem uh, to really kind of kickstart the Passion Week. Uh, which he would go through lots of different uh, times of testing and then ultimately meet with his disciples in the upper room, um, administer the first Lord's Supper, then after that wash the disciples' feet and then uh, go to Gethsemane and then uh, be delivered into really giving himself up. I mean, he didn't have to... He showed his power when those those uh, soldiers came and he just said, I am he, and they all fell down backwards. Just to say, hey, look, I don't actually have to go with you, but I'm going to because I know that this is the only way for redemption's plan to be completed, is I need to go to the cross. I need to lay down my life and uh, shed my blood, that powerful blood that we sang about a little bit ago. And uh, all right, well, yeah, we're not going to make it. <laughs> um, but there's enough for next time as we uh, are going to look at, yeah, Brother David said, okay, we're going to get rid of that slide, those slides. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, we're going to look at next, uh, his death was foretold, and we're going to talk about that part of uh, the story of Christ and his uh, sacrifice and how all that was prophesied in the Old Testament and fulfilled in, uh, in what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. So... Um, that's a that's a neat aspect. I was hoping to go through these rapid fire, but um, that's not what happened. So, but <laughs> but uh, but here's the deal. Uh, here's the point I really want to get across. I mean, a couple couple major thoughts here is that that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, he he he's no figment of our imagination. He is the fulfillment of all these Old Testament prophecies, and, and, and he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And, and so, but then also, as we consider God's promises that we sung about at the very beginning of the ser service, um, you know, he promised all of these things would happen, and they did, right? Okay, so what are some promises that God has for us that maybe haven't come to pass yet, or, or, or maybe they're, you know, we're, we're in the mode of, hey, I'm not sure if God really meant what he said here. <laughs> he does. The, the one, the, the promise that Jesus said, I'm going to come back for you, that's going to happen. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime. I mean, boy, as you look 
at the current events. It seems like we are getting very close, but as you look throughout history, I'm sure believers thought the same thing. They thought, hey, things are bad. Things are getting crazy. I imagine Jesus is going to come, and he didn't. Uh, but it's not a matter of if he's going to come. It's really only a matter of when he is going to come back for us. And so the other promises in, in the word of God that he has for us are as good as if they've already happened. Because in God's mind, he's already there when they have been fulfilled. See, again, he's not, he doesn't live in the timetable and timeline that you and I live in. Um, he, has already, he already is there to see that promise fulfilled. And the promises that he has for us as believers regarding, yes, his return, but also, you know, where we will spend eternity, um, you know, he already, he, it, that, that's as, as good as if we're already there right now. That's why he tells us our citizenship, our, our conversation is already in heaven. And so we need to live as if these promises have already been fulfilled. Now, I realize that in our time frame, they haven't been, but in God's time frame, they already are. And so let's live as if they're fact, not as if, oh, yeah, I hope that one day. Um, and the fact that God's Holy Spirit dwells inside, that's a promise from God. Well, that 